in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season show. With your hosts, Brother Phil and Sister Crystal. Hello everyone. The topic today we're going to talk about is the two judgments. This is an important topic because we know we have a judgment coming up. And it's found in Revelation chapter 20. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment. But a lot of people don't understand that there are actually two judgment days talked about in the Bible. Oh, wow. Did, did you know that? Kind of, but I you know, I think most people focus on the final judgment. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what we're taught in most churches today. It's kind of like we're looking forward to that judgment day. You know, like the Terminator Judgment Day <laughs> scenario. And what, we, what we're trying to get across here is that, yes, that is a judgment day coming, but there was a previous judgment day. And sometimes in these scriptures right. that we read, mm-hmm. we confuse the two judgment days. It's easy to do that because we read it and we think this applies to us. It must, but it doesn't necessarily apply to us unless it was in the timing that we're in. And we'll, I know we're going to go over some scripture today. Now, the only reason why I go through a lot of scripture is because I don't trust history. Mm-hmm. I wish our history books were accurate. I really do. But there's been so much fabrication of real history that's happened just in my lifetime that I cannot trust anything that's written in these history books these days. Well, yeah, you don't know whose narrative is being kind of forced on you or encouraged for you to believe. So the Bible is our template, what we need to follow. Yeah, I will do another show on why I don't trust history. I mean, we can go through in just my lifetime mm-hmm. all the narratives that have been pushed on us that mm-hmm. we've lived through and no, no, that's not an accurate narrative. But guess what gets put in the history books? Right. That false narrative every right. time. I'm thinking that this is pretty much normal throughout most of history that this has kind of happened. That there's a truth and then there's what gets thrown in the history books. Right, because the truth gets swept over and looked over. And so what's really important is how did Jesus teach and how did he encourage those he was teaching? And that was through the scriptures. And, I've, and of course, God has pres- preserved his word and we can rely upon that. So this is why we're, what we're doing, because I think we can reverse engineer a lot of what mm-hmm. we are told about what happened in history through the Bible right. and through its, its true history. Yes. And because the Bible doesn't just give history. It also gives the reason why these things in history happen, which is actually more important than just knowing facts from history. Well, and it's accurate history. It's the truth. It's not some fabricated form of someone's opinion. So there's two judgments that the Bible talks about. 
Okay, the first judgment is what we call the Battle of Armageddon. And that was in the first century. It was when Jesus, we already discussed it on our timeline show that we had, that there was a time where Christ came back Right. And then at that point, he did a judgment against the nations. Right. Their involvement leading to his return. Right. And because, remember, Rome was involved with the death of Christ. Right. And so there needed to be, according to Jesus, a judgment against Rome and against mm -hmm. all those nations that killed the Son right. of God. We know that this happened in the first centuries, around 70, 73 AD, right around in that area, that there is this, what's known as a... Judgment against the nations. Okay, it wasn't an individual judgment. And so we're going to read some scripture. We're going to have a little game we're going to play. <laughs> Reading these different scriptures that talk about judgments in the Bible and about punishment. And we're going to, based on the context, we're going to go over and see, well, which judgment day is this talking about? Is this talking about the great white throne judgment at the end right. of time? Or a judgment against the nations? Because remember, when the Bible was mostly written and all written... Neither one of those judgments had come down. But see, we're living after that, that initial judgment against the nations now. Good thing we don't have to go through that anymore. Okay, we're just having to, what we're worried about now is our individual judgment that right. that's going to happen at the great white throne judgment found in Revelation chapter 20. Right, the, the judgment on how we conducted ourselves and how we served the Lord and who was our master pretty much. And that judgment is against, is going to be, we're going to be judged based on our works. I know a lot of churches don't like to talk about works, salvation. And I agree with that. We're not, we're, we're not saved based on our works, but we are judged based on our works. This is very clear yes, from scripture. That's true. Yeah. We need to be conducting ourselves, honoring our father in heaven and who we are serving and how we're ambassadors for him. So it's our actions that speak louder than the words. Okay, so the first scripture we're going to go over about this idea of judgment is found in Matthew chapter 10. And that's when Jesus is sending his 12 apostles out to all these mm -hmm. cities to proclaim the gospel message. Yeah. Okay, go, go ahead and read that one. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the days of judgment than for that city. Here is Jesus telling us the 12 apostles, okay, when you go to these towns, uh-huh. You you some people aren't going to receive you. You know, you're not going to get a warm welcome everywhere you're going to go. Mm -hmm. Kind of like today, you know, when when people go door to door. That's why I really were doing this show because nowadays people will just slam the doors in your face when you when you when you talk about the, the gospel message. Right. So the the purpose one of the purposes behind our show that we're doing here is that you can don't have to send give somebody a track. You can just say, "Hey, why don't you listen to this show?" And this will kind of explain what the gospel message is kind of all about. And this is kind of one of the points of why we're doing this show. Well, yeah, we want to bring clarity to anyone who wants to listen where and what the God what God's word says and where we are in time so we can be concentrating on what's important and the task that we need to be doing. So in this passage in Matthew, you have Sodom and Gomorrah as uh, used as an example mm -hmm. of cities that, you know, hey... Had destruction. They had destruction. Okay, right. That was kind of like a precursor to the destructive event that Jesus is talking about right. for these other cities that are rejecting the gospel message. Right, and that was scary judgment because we all know it was fire and brimstone and 
It was crazy stuff. What we got to say is, which judgment is this talking about? Do you think this is the um, great white throne judgment at the end, or or is it the... Um, it's the first ju- judgment. Yeah, it's the judgment against the nations. Right. And like I say, Sodom and Gomorrah was a precursor to the judgment against the nations. That they basically got the hammer set down on them back in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And then now, they're using an example that there are... <laughs> More wicked cities than that. Sodom and Gomorrah. Think about that. You know, they're they're considered to be the epitome of evil. But yet here Jesus is describing cities that reject the gospel message as being even more wicked. That's crazy. Yeah. Than Sodom and Gomorrah. Rejecting the Son of God and his disciples should have a harsh punishment. All right. So let's move on to the next one here. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. Why don't you go ahead and read that one? Okay. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you, that for every idle word men may speak, they will be given account of it in the day of judgment. Okay, so what do you think? That's a great white throne judgment. That's looking like the great white throne judgments, because he's saying yeah. individual person, every man. Every word. Yep. Yeah, from every, your heart. What's yeah, from right. your heart, yeah. So you see... You have to kind of look at context mm-hmm. of these verses to figure out, well, which judgment is this talking about? And, of course, we know that the previous judgment day, good thing that's in our rearview mirror now, because mm-hmm. we don't have to overcome that one, but we do have this one coming up, this pesky one called the Great White Throne Judgment, and we're going to stand before God on that one. Well, and if, if you are a person who's been in the church for a while, you know that there's going to be an accountability. Good, Well done, my good and faithful servant. We've been told that in the church. We all want to hear that. But are we doing a good job, a, a job worthy of being told, well done? And if we aren't, if there's still time we can change and we can correct our courses and do a good job and be a well done, good and faithful servant. Now the next one we're going to go over is Matthew chapter 22. Okay. And this is a parable that Jesus gave mm-hmm. about a wedding that was mm-hmm. that that was um, being performed at this time. All these people were invited to the wedding feast, mm-hmm. and now you, we're going to read at the end, verse twelve. Go ahead. So he said to him, "Friend, how did you come to here without a wedding garment?" And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, "Bind him, hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." For many are called, but few are chosen. I know what that one is. Okay, so here was a guy that he was invited to the wedding, but uh-huh. he didn't prepare for the wedding. He just didn't prepare. He, he had no preparation at all. He wasn't being wasn't preparing himself, and so he wasn't wearing the right wedding clothes. I know that you know you might think, well, that's kind of silly, harsh, you know, right? harsh, you know, just cast somebody out because they're not wearing proper wedding clothes. But he, what he was just Jesus is trying to make a point about this that. Essentially, the man wasn't prepared to be or go to this wedding. Well, if it was important to him to be at the wedding, and anything that is important to us makes us want to be organized and prepare and get ready for what we're looking for, he wasn't even doing that. So was it important to him at all, or he just wanted to show up? Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are. They just kind of want to show up to Uh church. They want to show up to whatever, and just kind of like, oh, I want the bennies of being a uh-huh. Christian or whatever, but I don't really want to do anything extra. Well, I think this is kind of the point here. I, I have to say, recently I've been seeing a lot of things that take me as I am. Well, I get oh, yeah. that we want to be welcomed as we are, 
but we all are also going on a personal journey of improving ourselves to glorify our Father in heaven. And I, for one, want to be better and more accountable to what I'm doing and how I'm living and not just be taken as I am. And that's kind of the common message today in most mm-hmm. of these churches today that just come as you are. When is that really the message that Jesus said? Right, right here. We just no. read the scripture, right? Right. Yes. The scripture does not describe no. come as you are scenario. No, it doesn't. I, this is more evidence and more proof that the churches today are not preaching a biblical message of what God's right. word teaches. A diligence, a diligence, and a respect for what's important and doing all that you can do, being prepared, being ready. You know, the, the 10 virgins are another one where I think, you know, ten, five were ready and five weren't being prepared for what was to come. Yeah, and this judgment, of course, where was he set? He was taken into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I'm going to give another show uh-huh. on this idea of judgment because what we think of as being, you know, outer darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth is maybe not what... A lot of people think it is. Right. And I, it's, it's going to take me more than just this message to try to explain all this. Because I really want to give this a little bit more effort and time. Mm-hmm. But just understand that, in other words, they were cast out. He was cast out of the wedding. No longer part. And now he's in darkness. Well, it's that idea that there's separation from God. Right. No one wants to be separated from God. That's miserable. And, of course, the end of it is that many people are called... Right. To the gospel message, but only a few are chosen because only a few are willing to do what it takes to actually put in the effort and, and time, like right. what we're trying to do here yeah. on this show, right. to try to get the message out there. The work. Do the work. So what do you think? Yeah. Great White Throne Judgment or Judgment Against the Nations? Oh, that was totally Great White Throne Judgment on yeah, that, that one. That'll be a Great White Throne Judgment. Because one. it made me think about, we already talked about it was that in the New Kingdom, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth outside of New Jerusalem. Right. So that made me think, when I read that passage, it made me go right to that point of those who weren't going to be in the New Jerusalem. I haven't got to this show yet, but I want to talk about New Jerusalem coming right. up. Right. The Holy City, our, what I call, I've dubbed our sanctuary city, that's going to come down out of heaven, and it's going to be, we're all going to get an inheritance in that city. Okay, that's... Very important, but I'm not going to talk about that today because we've that's touched gonna, on it a little. Yeah, before, we've touched but. on it before. I'm going to give a message on this eventually in the future, not right now. But as a believer, when you're reading the Word of God, you're going to see verses that are linking to something you probably already read, and you're going to recollect. Oh, I remember reading that. Is that connected to that time or where that is in the Bible? And very close to it, they probably are. Okay, let's go to the next one. Matthew chapter 25, verses okay. 31 and following. Go ahead and read that All right. one. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. So what do you think? Great White Throne Judgment or that. Judgment Against the Nations? Judgment Against the Nations. See, that's an obvious uh-huh. one because it even shows you that he's going to judge the nation. So this one is fairly simple. Plus, it explains that when the Son of Man comes in his glory, so we know that's right. his return, his second coming. And this is describing essentially the Armageddon event that happens 
Uh, that happened back in the first century when he right, returned right. and then nailed the nations, judged against the nations and all that. Mm-hmm. Of course, we get a few extra details in here that the sheep and the goats are getting separated, that not every nation was going to get the same like judgment. Some mm-hmm. nations were a little bit better than others. Mm-hmm. And so some nations were judged very harshly. Other nations weren't judged quite as hard. I was, we weren't, none of us were there. You know, this is all ancient history for us. And so we don't really know exactly how that all transpired now that it's already taken place, you know, well over a thousand years ago. We know that this, this happened in our past, so we, we can't really dwell upon that. But now what we can to look at is that he's treating sheep and goats here. And this was, this was right and left, sheep right. and goats. <laughs> this is how he treated the nations. One on the left, one on his right, and so the judgment came down that way. Let's move on to the next one, John five twenty four. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who has ears, hears my word, and believes in him who sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Okay, so what do you think? Judgment against the nations or great white throne judgment? Great white throne judgment. Okay, that one's a great white throne judgment one because he's talking about individually here, Mm -hmm. he who hears my voice. So in other words, he's talking about to the individual here. Every individual who hears his voice and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. This is a wonderful, see, this is the greatest gift. We've, We've talked about this before. God gives out the greatest gift. I know Satan gives out gifts now. And I know Pleasure. we have to we have mm-hmm. to wait on our gifts in the future. Eternal life is not given to us now. I mean, yes, to some extent, we are we, we are given the gift of eternal life, but it's it's ongoing, not something that we're actually going to receive until we've endured to the end. So we have to make it all the way through this life. We've got to endure all the hardships, all the struggles, and like I talked about in other shows, we have to endure all the deception. Well, right, and the perseverance is key. I think what's so great about this verse is the part where he hears my words and believes in him, sent him into everla- and has everlasting life. As we carry ourselves through and we're reading God's word, we know that belief and faith is of the utmost importance. And that's the cornerstone of our faith is believing in Jesus and who he is and what he has done and how we carry ourselves every day. And that's valuable. So that's why we're going to be rewarded is because of how we live for him and, and how we believe in him. Nobody wants the judgment to come down on them harshly. But no. unfortunately, <laughs> most people are going to be, you know, shaking in their boots when it comes to that great white throne judgment day, which is coming up soon. I'm just trying to ready people because the last thing you want to to worry about is, oh man, I wonder how I'm going to get judged here because I didn't accept Jesus Christ because that's what's going to happen. Those who are have salvation, right. those who have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, right. those who are living for Him, you know, they don't get judged. They get their, they receive their reward and their inheritance based on what they've done. Everybody else is going to get judged by God, so it's going to be a, a judgment. You know, it's, imagine going up into a courtroom. You have God as your judge sitting there, and He's going to pronounce sentence. Yeah, that would be a um, scary time. You know, I mean, it would be like going to death row and wondering if the judge was going to, hey, let you off or you know, send you to death row. What is my punishment going to be? Yeah. Well, did I live rightly or do I deserve a huge reprimand? This is why this is kind of scary. Judgment is not a fun thing to go through. I'm trying to spare everyone that because God doesn't want to punish anybody. He wants everyone to have salvation and choose his son. 
I'm trying to get everyone here to understand this and, and recognize this. And, of course, he, he's going to be a fair judge. Don't right. get me wrong. Yes. He's going to be a fair judge, mm-hmm. but we're gonna, everyone's going to get judged nonetheless. Well, you know, that's really important to realize that we need to be living for him and not for ourselves. And so often in our society, it's what's in it for me, what can I get out of it, where's my reward, I want to be compensated for whatever I'm doing. And if we know that the Bible says, do everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. And so if we conduct ourselves and we're doing and living for him by serving others, that's we know that's a great reward. I love serving. I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's beautiful con- conduct of us as believers is how and who we serve and how we go about our daily lives glorifying our Father in heaven. Yep. Now we have one last passage of Scripture. Now this one is, I believe, definitely talking about a judgment against the nations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the problem that we have is most of the ones that people use today to talk about judgment mm-hmm. about are all talking about something that's already happened in our past. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Thessalonians four passage where Jesus is going to come again in the clouds and every eye right. will see him. Right. And we're all going to be caught up together with Jesus in the air. and We'll always right. be with the Lord. <laughs> and it's yeah. so wonderful. Unfortunately, yeah. we weren't born during that time that no. that'll happen. <laughs> so we get, we get to look at things this way, like, okay, right. we didn't miss out. That just wasn't for us. So a lot of things in the Bible are written to that audience then. Yes. Because not everything in the Bible is exactly for us. Now, we can take a lot of things, and sometimes we can apply it to us, right. and we can glean things from it. Right. But this first Peter passage, or second Peter passage, that we're going to read here in a moment, it's kind of lengthy, so we'll just read a few mm-hmm. verses and move on. This one is definitely talking about the judgment that's going to come when Christ returns. Okay. okay, why don't you go ahead and read that one, starting with verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully... willfully forgot that the, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water because here he's talking about the last days okay. now see that confuses a lot of people mm-hmm. when you hear that phrase because when I hear the word last I'm thinking the word last, okay? <laughs> the final. Yeah, yeah. And see, this is not what really... But he's talking about the last days of the age. Okay. And this is what's going on. See, the end of the age was when he returned and essentially destroyed the old covenant system. Uh-huh. This was called the last day. Even in the Old Testament, this was the last days. Because it's going to do away with the old system and the new system... Is going to come in. And so here he's talking about in the last days, there'll be people coming saying, oh, where's this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, that's because he, obviously he hadn't come at that point when this right. was written, but he was going to come. Because remember, they were all expecting him to come really soon. Right after he left, they were expecting him to show right up. And he said within this generation, so they were expecting any moment, you know. Uh, well, within they a were, certain time frame. Yeah, maybe. and even you could tell by Paul's letters as he was expecting any moment that he, Christ was going to show right. up. Because he basically said, this generation. So they were all like, okay, that means within the, within 40 years. Here, of course, they forget that the heavens 
that were already judged. Mm-hmm. That, that was already there was already some previous judgments, and we're going to go into some of those in other shows. Okay, because there have been a number of quote judgments that God has right. pronounced right. on the world, and this judgment here against the nations is actually the third judgment. Okay, mm-hmm. there have been two previous ones that mm-hmm. are mentioned in our Bibles, and I'll go over that another time. Mm-hmm. But this is the third judgment against uh, against the world, okay. and then of course. Well, there's only one more to go, and that is the great white throne judgment. And that's coming up at the very last. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and continue to read here. But the heavens and earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. You see, this is when God comes down, and actually Christ came down, and uh-huh. he essentially dropped the hammer, and this was <laughs> a judgment by fire. Fervent heat events and stuff like this, right. and there's a lot of... Uh, evidence, evidence right. that um, there was a, lot, a great deal of fire, um, a great fervent heat. Mm-hmm. People were, you know, basically dying. And even in Zechariah chapter 14, same exact description mm-hmm. of there of this fervent heat event, which was destruction by fire. But isn't that what Armageddon was all about? Yeah. Ar- right. Matter of fact, most of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4 all the way through 19, and even into a little bit in the early parts of 20, is discussing these Armageddon event, this event where, you know, seven bulls, seven seals, seven, you right. know, all those things, all those sevens are the judgment and events that went against the nations. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of them were by fire. There's, mm-hmm. there's earthquakes. There was a lot of cataclysm. Matter right. of fact, I did a, I did an article right. and I'll share with you down the line that the, the decade between 63 and 73 AD was the most turbulent decade wow. in the history of the world. Yeah. That even includes more turbulent than the flood. Mm-hmm. And that's a crazy uh, 10 years right there. Right. That would have been something to live through that, <laughs> see all that. But I don't know if I really want to, but, you know, just to be record all the things that went down. It sounds pretty traumatic. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and keep reading here. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay, so again, we see, wow. we see the thing there. Mm-hmm. All going to come to repentance. God doesn't want, it's not going to have anybody perish. He's not leaving anybody behind. He's right. not letting anybody go down with the ship. There's no. so, so many different mm-hmm. ways we can say this. But here he's talking about the day is a thousand years. And a lot of people, um, what he's trying yeah. to say is that God's timing isn't exactly like ours. But people have totally taken that out of context. That, yeah. And we're reading it in context. Obviously what he's talking about is that things might take a little bit longer than what you think it should be. You know, okay. he's giving an extra leeway time-wise for people to kind of, get ready his long suffering of time is for our benefit and that's kind of a beautiful thing he's caring because he cares that no one perishes so verse 10 here go ahead and read that one here we're almost getting close to the end of our time here but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the element elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up Therefore, since all things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of, the, of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, 
and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. The fervent heat event. Yes. That we all are referring to. A lot of heat, and there is evidence that, even yes. archaeological evidence, that this all did transpire. A lot of melted buildings, right. things that melted as a result yes. of the fervent heat events that yes. happened back in those days. Okay, of course, archaeologists will never address this or never really explain any of this, uh, but the Bible explains exactly what happened. We see yes. what happened. Yes. They were all judged because of what they had done, and God was basically just Pounding away on the nations, judging the nations, and fervent heat, a lot of a lot of dead bodies, a lot of death mm-hmm. and destruction as a result of what they were doing there. Luckily, this passage talks about what we're looking forward to here. That's the last verse. Okay. The last so, verse is what we're looking forward to, and that's the new heaven and new earth. Now go right. ahead and read that last one. So ne- nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which a righteousness dwells. Okay, you know, we're not there yet, obviously. You know, righteousness isn't dwelling here on this right. on this world right. that we're living in right now. Matter of fact, all we can see, essentially, is the exact opposite. I exactly. No, that, that the devil and, you know, his evil is running rampant. And so, yeah, we know that the devil runs this place. <laughs> and essentially, what we're trying to do is just, hey, we're, we're, we're addressing it. We're standing up against right. him. We're saying, hey, we know you're running this place. But we're not going to let you win. Right. We're calling an audible. We yeah. are letting him know you're not fooling anyone. We see what you're doing and what you're up to. And we're here to claim it for the Lord. And my goal, our goal of this show. Right. We have no other goal except to just get this message out to people. Listen, this is what's going on. We're living in Satan's little season right now. And this isn't something that people want to hear. Everybody wants to hear unicorn and rainbows. <laughs> I mean, I wish, no, you're right. <laughs> I, I wish I could tell people this, you know, but the truth is, is we, we look around at our world today and we're not right. seeing unicorn and rainbows. No. You well, know what I'm saying? People are getting kind of disheartened because it's really um, overwhelming and, you know, it kind of just kind of comes upon you. It's scary, but we know that there's hope and there's something great to look forward to. And we're looking forward to that new heaven and new earth. That's going to be wonderful. Like I say, this world that Satan has essentially wrecked. <laughs> Satan is the worst environmentalist <laughs> in the history of the world. He has just been wrecking this place, and now the thing's going down the tube fast. Because he's trying to create a new world based on his own construction. And this world is basically just, just it's junk. Right. It's an artificial world. He's trying to discard God's creation. Well, because everything that God has made, he's against, and he wants to destroy it and attack it. But you know what? That's so great that God knew what he was going to be up to. So he has another way out for us, and that's the new heaven and new earth. And that's coming up. I'm going to do a message on that. I'm going to do a, a show on this here in the near future. The new heaven and new earth. What's it going to be like? And mm-hmm. the, uh, believe it or not, the Bible gives quite a bit of detail on yes. this. But most people don't study this. <laughs> Good thing you have us here. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, we're not experts by any means. We're just we are just enjoying talking and sharing the word of God together. And the reason why most people don't address this issue is we have a we have a show coming up this next show. It's going to be called The Heaven Deception. And what this show really is about is it's about what you're taught about heaven in most of these Mainstream churches these days right. is not an accurate depiction of what the Bible actually teaches. Right. Nope. And this is going to be one of those, what I call bombshell style shows. Well, it's necessary to know what to expect and not hinge your belief on something that's kind of like a fairy tale. We're living in Satan's little season. 
Not only because it's biblical. Because it just makes sense. Join or contact us at satanslowseason.org. This is a non-copyright, living in Satan's little season production.